The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. And so I watch people come into an encounter with Jesus, not an encounter necessarily with the church or with another Christian or with religion or dogma, but with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it is unmistakable the difference. Yes, it is. Um, that Jesus is really as good as he ever said he was. Um, it really, really, really is good news. So if people don't think it's good news, then we're not doing a great job of representing him. Author Jen Hatmaker leads us to reimagine Jesus' grace as a way of life, next on Life Today. see me and Betty. I mean, <laughs> no, they, they, what, they say, hurry up, get to the, get, cut to the chase. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I welcome you to Life Today. Jen Hatmaker is here. I'm thinking, what does she do? Hmm. You know, and, uh, you know, because I did have to tease her about her name, Hatmaker. She said, she's tough on the kids to be Hatmakers. Yeah, they hate it. <laughs> they hate it. But she is really and true, best-selling author of the book called Seven. She has a, a real touch of God on her life. Betty and I have just known her today, mm -hmm. uh, that we've known about her, but we love her. And this room is full of people who have been blessed by her and who love her. And I think you're gonna enjoy meeting Jen. Would you welcome Jen Hatmaker to life today? <laughs> I wanna mention Jen because in the bookstores or online, you can get For the Love, mm -hmm. Fighting for Grace, in a world of impossible standards, many of them set by the church mm. and by religion, which is so unlike oftentimes the loving God relationship that we can enjoy. But the book is there, but we'll also be happy to send it to you because we love you and we like to bless you. Okay, Jen, tell us about your, your journey because you've obviously had something happen in your life mm. that has uh, made such a difference that it's obvious but just tell us a little bit about yourself because Betty and I don't know a whole lot about you. <laughs> I grew up sort of traditional, actually. My dad was a pastor, um, kind of a rogue pastor. So let me be, actually, I gotta be honest with you, you remind me a lot of him, okay. <laughs> like a whole lot. Yeah. What is that okay way? It, it is the highest compliment. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he's rogue and you are, yeah. and he's a hunter and he's mm -hmm. a rancher sure. and just everything you're saying, I'm mm -hmm. like, I know this, yeah, okay. I know this. Yeah. Um, so I grew up, sort of in a traditional church setting. Um, and I was, I was a very by the book person. So I, I'm a rule follower. Well, I'm not anymore, but I used to be. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and I followed a lot of rules and I was just, I did a lot of spiritual and religious things correctly. Mm -hmm. um, just the template that was given to me, I said, yes, I am drinking this Kool-Aid <laughs> and I will do all of these things and therefore earn God's favor and all my grace, right? Um, so I didn't, you know, I didn't like to err too far off the beaten path. Um, and then, so I met and married my husband in college and we, he's a full-time pastor. So we went straight into full-time ministry um, and it was fortuitous for me because I was very right about everything. So that was a good time to be in ministry, sure, right? Um, especially because I was 22, oh, yeah. as you can imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went into full-time ministry, very correct. 
and um, and and we were we serve the church full time. We, we have our entire adult lives, and a handful of years ago. And I'll just have to make a long story short. God sincerely interrupted our lives. And for us, it began with what was, to our shame, a brand new understanding and compassion for the poor. Um, And just, I really didn't have a category for the poor up until that point. I was uh, very, very busy serving saved people, right? Mm -hmm. And blessing blessed people. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have, I didn't know any poor people. Um, Who did you happen to see and what caught your attention? Well, it was, it started with God and his word. So that made me furious because you can't argue with it. (laughs) And and then I just started reading it. Right. And there it is all this time. It was right there. And it it just felt like it was something I'd never even seen in my life. And, and so God began with us uh, in a physical way, because that's just the way we need to learn. So in our community, we started with the homeless um, because we just had nowhere else to start. So we started with the homeless community in Austin um, thinking, well, maybe that is enough. Maybe that will be enough to like do this next right thing. But it has, it accidentally snowballed into an entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what it resulted in was us um, leaving the church where we were on staff. We are now church planners. We started a new church in Austin. Um, and now we like love all the poor people that there are. And so <laughs> it started with maybe this one particular co- you know, demographic in our community and it has gone to the whole world and we are the better for it and we'll just never be the same. Well, we have experienced some of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, and what you're talking about is God moving you out of your comfort zone and that yes. can be kind of scary at times. I because, hated it. Because I was a lot like, <laughs> yes. I was a lot like you. I did everything by the rules yes. in the church, you know, I did everything. Every yes. time the doors were open. I was there. Well, me too. I was incredibly churched. Yeah. And so I was very well versed in the rules mm-hmm. um, and in the talking points, those I had down. Um, and and in, in, in just some of those things that are sort of trapped under the steeples. But anything outside of that was completely ignorant to. Anybody who could not find their way to our church campus on a Sunday, um, anybody who was um, too broken or suffering too greatly um, to find their way into our ministries, um, anybody who didn't live in my neighborhood or country. Um, and so all of that was just blinders peeled off. It was really a painful time, actually, a lot of spiritual upheaval. Um, and it came with a lot of loss, honestly. Um, but the gains were worth the loss. And it's so I'm so grateful to be on this side of the story and to look back and go, you know what God did? He saved us. He mm-hmm. saved us from a life of complacency and you can be lost in the church your whole life and never hardly know what Jesus sent us here for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I was well on my way Mm -hmm. to that path. And so I just feel like God redeemed us from one way we were going and set us on a new path. Yeah, you act like you're really enjoying it. I am now. I am now. Now I am. So did you find some homeless people? We did. We did. And I got to tell you that probably more homeless people in the city of Austin have my cell phone number than makes sense. I don't have good boundaries. You know what I mean? So it just went all the way. Yeah. Okay, so what good has happened to the homeless people? Well, you know what? Serving suffering people is complicated. But so it really is. It really is. I mean, I think when we sort of, when we said yes to God in these new directions, we had shiny feelings about it. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Just, well, let's just go in and fix it all. <laughs> let's just solve it all. Yep. Um, and we have so much to offer. Well, 
you know, eight years down the road, we've learned a few things. We've been schooled by life mm -hmm. um, and by people who are way further ahead of us on the journey. And so now we just know that um, life is hard and humanity is complicated. And so um, we're not really fixers. We're nobody's savior. We're brothers and sisters. And so we come alongside of people um, in that capacity with love and with grace and with compassion and not always with answers at all, because um, that is way more complex than I thought it was going to be, mm -hmm. um, but it is still kingdom centered and there's so much life and redemption and hope in it. Um, and so much good news that bubbles up all the time, even if it's not the way I thought it was gonna look. And so it's still the greatest story I've ever lived. And is it catching? Because these people here act like they caught something they I, Is got. it catching? <laughs> they, you know, they do act like they caught something. What, yeah. what would you think it is that they caught? I would love to hear them say that. I would hope that what some of these um, women would say that they have caught is a little bit of contagious passion. I would hope that they have caught just a really sincere gospel-centered love for people. And I mean people, um, the wonky ones, the wobbly <laughs> ones, the mean ones, the dirty ones. How about the church ones? Well, now you're just really getting up in my story. <laughs> <laughs> that is a whole thing. Yeah. I'm on an interesting journey with that too, and <laughs> I. How about how about the church ones like each other? We have had such a good conversation about this today, and I love it. No. And I could talk about it for a hundred years. We're talking years. about our conversation. Yes, I yeah. love it. I love everything you said. And I, anybody who's been around me for five minutes knows that I just feel to my core that. It is, it's not just a good idea and it's not just an option. It is urgent that we start loving each other better. I'm, I'm actually devastated by what I see among brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and over differences that are not um, deal breakers. And they'll never be settled in this lifetime. And they don't even have to be. No, they don't have to be. I, I, in fact, I told you earlier, I have, my life has been incredibly enriched by other believers from different traditions. Absolutely. From different sort of faith streams, from just, they, they have different practices. And I think, well, look at that. That feels like Jesus to me. That, exactly. I don't even know what that word is, but I'm going to learn it. Yeah. You know? Why, why do you think it's so difficult for Christians to come together with their differences? Because, you know, you don't have to look very far with it. In, within your own family. Yes. We have three children and 11 grandchildren and our great grandbaby soon, real soon. Hey. <laughs> in fact, I've right. got somebody checking my phone. <laughs> wow. But you know, they're all different. Yes. But we're in the same family. That's a great metaphor. We all have, we look different. Uh -huh. So many of us, we might see a little bit of favor, but I think it's the same way. We've got things in common as Christians if we just recognize those things. God created us different. Goodness, James and I would have a time if we were just alike, you know. We have to temper one another. You know. I can see that. You know. I see. I would, I would not have liked you if you like me. <laughs> yeah. A little thrill of the chase. Yeah. But God created those differences. I think that in general, I see usually two culprits rise up. Um, when we're looking at disunity among believers, and then look, I haven't even talked about how we treat people outside of the church. That's we, Let's go there next. But... Um, I, I see it from one of two things, usually either fear, because we just so deeply want to be right. So if anybody else has a different way or a different interpretation or a different practice or um, just a, a different style, it feels in threatening. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it indicts us almost on what we're not quite sure about. And so I think we're afraid to be wrong. Mm-hmm. I think we're afraid that your different view means mine is wrong. And that's not true at all. It just means it's different. Mm-hmm. And so I see fear and then I see arrogance. And I think it's a big culprit in the church right now that um, with good intentions to stand solid on what's true and good about our word and about scripture um, and to have, you know, just well-practiced beliefs, it has turned a very lovely message into one of um, arrogance. Mm-hmm. And then that turns into control and, and then it just wreaks havoc among people. Um, I think about you mentioning coming around the table with leaders from, that are they're so sure, you know, they're just so mm-hmm. solid and in their di- space. different and diverse. Mm-hmm. Diverse, mm-hmm. but sure yep, where they're sure. at. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's okay. I think we can, there's something beautiful about capturing certainty and, and being, holding our truth dear. But it's when we can no longer be in unity with other believers who are from a different space, now it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see a lack of humility as a great flaw of the American church right now. And it is my deepest and most sincere hope that in leadership space that I have, which is teeny bitty, mm-hmm. but in this little space God has been given me, that I will practice a different kind of leadership that is humble and that is gracious and that is loving and that sits, pulls up a chair around the table and says, tell me about you. I want to learn about you. I want to hear about where you're coming from because I think we have so much to learn from each other and we have so much in common to share and we can tell a better story. And religious practice and becomes pretense or ritual is one of the most ungodlike, unchristlike things we can see. It and we, it, it gives us a haughtiness and an arrogance and a pompousness, even the way I'm sitting. You can almost see that in yes. this. You know, they're so proud they can strut sitting down. Right. It's just <laughs> unbelievable what happens to us. And it's so unlike God. And, and because it's connected in some way to a reference to God, People actually don't think they like God because they've seen that and they've really never seen God. They've seen the most unlike God thing and it's all over the world. Religion can be very damaging, whereas the relationship that we're invited into, which you're excited about because you're on this journey and it has energy and vitality and it's it's like fresh water just flowing out. And this is what you've moved into yes. and people are thirsty for it. I mean, this room yeah. is, the studio is full of people who are thirsty for it and they think they got a glimpse of the glory of God. It wasn't the glory of gin. I mean, you're mm-hmm. all right. You look nice. <laughs> but the, it's something so much bigger. It's, yeah. <laughs> but it's so much bigger than you. I hope so. Well, it is. And they know that yes. because they can see that. Yes. And that's what they want because yes. they can buy the clothes, do the hair, wear the big earrings. They can do all this. <laughs> hey, that's not the deal. There's something the deal. inside of you that is absolutely, I would say it is contagiously charismatic in that it's that magnetically attractive. Does that make sense? I, and I say it's I Jesus, so. Carol. That's what it is. I hope so. I. That's what I see in you. Mm-hmm. I see you. Jesus. <laughs> thank you. I, um, I've said before that I feel like if somebody doesn't love Jesus, they just don't know him. That's it. They just, they can't. Never really see him. I mean, we just, we've got a really, really good savior. And I love when Jesus talked about um, just being, you know, being able to hold the new wine, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what those being a new wineskin looks mm-hmm. like. And I think, I hope that as believers, and this is our generation of the church, it's the only one we get, um, that we are very 
willing and flexible enough and gracious and humble enough to address the wineskins when they need to be changed because the wine is good. Mm -hmm. The wine has always been good and it will always be good. And when people get a taste of it, it's healing and it's restorative and it's transforming and it's, and it's thrilling and it's also a relief. And so I watch people come into an encounter with Jesus, not an encounter necessarily with the church or with another Christian or with religion or dogma, but with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it is unmistakable the difference. Yes, it is. Um, that Jesus is really as good as he ever said he was. <laughs> um, it really, really, really is good news. So if people don't think it's good news, then we're not doing a great job of representing him. Well, you know, I'm 71 years old and I'm still soft, flexible wineskin. <laughs> and I, I'm ready to receive it. I'm, I'm, I love I've that. set my sail to catch the fresh wind of the Spirit. I don't want to be like one preacher friend of mine, James Ryle, said of preachers. He said, most of us preachers are standing on our boat, blowing on our own sail. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't move. He said, we need to set the sail to catch the move of the Spirit. So you, do you believe this girl has caught the wind of the Spirit? And the wind of the Spirit is carrying her? But I, I feel like, Jim, that I feel like you set your sail to catch it. Am I right about that? I, you want, you don't want water to wade in. You want a river that carries you beyond your own capacity I really into do. his fullness. And, and I trust Jesus to be all that and more. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. And, and he and, is. And, and my husband and I have even said, listen, this is where we're at right now. This is what we're doing. We've got this church where God has us in this place of sort of leadership and communication. But if tomorrow the wind blows in a different direction, off we go. I mean, we hold it all really, really loosely, Mm -hmm. sincerely. And so whatever comes next, we say yes to it. We already tell Mm -hmm. God, our answer is yes forever. So whatever it is, it's yes. I told my leadership staff today in a meeting earlier today, I said, I I hold these treasures of the Lord wonderfully, but they don't hold me. I don't worship him. I don't worship what God does. I worship who he is and who I know. And I want him to carry me for the love. This is God's love. And fighting for the grace. We're going to talk about that some more, okay? Because this is a new book. Are you ready to talk about it some more? Sure. All right. Y'all want to hear her some more? We'll have another program this week. In the bookstores, online. If they want to go to your blog and and, and kind of do some of this interaction, where do they go? JenHatmaker.com. Just like it's spelled right here in the book. Just Just that that easy. It's just easy. Hatmaker. Yep. And they can go there and you'll say something. I will. Do, I say it, lots. Do you do video too or is it all blocked? I do. You do it all. I do some of it. I'm not good at that. I'm not very techie. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I have helpers, but, yeah. um, but I have plenty of words and they can get them all there. Okay. <laughs> and then in the yeah. book, she put some more because she couldn't get them all in the block. But, but she's still blogging all the time. Well, sure. I like you. Thank you. I like you too. You know, now listen. It's okay, Betty. We're friends. All right? <laughs> listen, listen to me. Here, here's the thing. Please, please hear me. You know what I wish? Because I said to all these beautiful women and the men that are here, the courageous men that are here, I said, I said, this is this is church. This is family. I agree. I mean, y'all haven't even met each other, maybe, but you're family. And and let me tell you something. He, God wants you in this family. He loves you so much. I just wish you knew how crazy he is about you. So yeah, he knows you. He knows you. He wants you to know him. You want someone to pray with you, that number's there for you. We're always ready. You'd be surprised. A lot of the people you call and they pray with you, they've been on the same journey you're on, same place you've been. And that call's paid for by love. And then you know, Betty, what we do that we love to do because our viewers love to do it. We're going to give people some fresh water. Yes, we are. We're going to give them water for life. And we're going to tell them about the water of life. We're going to demonstrate that love. I want you to watch. 
but I want you to listen to God. Then I want you to be his hands. It's going to be a wonderful beginning or perhaps a great new start. Watch. ແລະຫນ້າຍັງປາປາຮອດຖ້າຍນະຄູມີເກບາວຂ້າວກູກໍໃບຫມຸຍ I understand pain well and I understand loss well. And I know what that feels like to just feel like you're dying inside uh, because there's nothing you can do to change what's happened in your life. I think that's why I'm here at this moment. I feel like this is why God has called me here even at this moment to um, to ask you if, if it would be you, if you'd be the one to help her. It will make a huge difference in the lives of, of this precious woman, her children, other families in this village and villages all around the world. We could come in here and drill them a well that would give them water for life. It'll change everything in a moment's time. Please don't hesitate, don't wait any longer. We need your help. Tammy is doing her best to comfort a broken heart, knowing how much they need clean, non-contaminated water. And Tammy lost the love of her life. She lost her husband, not married long, a swimmer, and he drowned. Yes, she knows what pain is. Betty, we've been holding mothers and people's hearts and lives for years, and I can remember so well one of the earliest times, I went into Angola the first times we had to circle in to keep from being hit by Stinger missiles. That's how the all planes came in. And I went several times without you, and finally you went, and we went into Luanda where there was just this incredible situation of children dying. And they had all this medical equipment that was so obsolete, and we began to bring the equipment and bring medicine and food. But you held one mother, if you'll remember, we were there, this is years ago. And, and they're using a little suction to try to keep this baby alive, and, and we lost the baby. And I remember you holding that mother that was like that, because it's so, it's so difficult to watch something like that. It's so painful. And, and we've lost a child, so we know, we know the agony. And the thing about it is, is, is uh, Betty was holding, then I remember in that same place, and think about this, because we showed you the broken heart and the need, and we began to really minister. And a few years later, one of the most famous pictures ever taken, ever in history, was a beautiful lady in England, Princess Di. And she was standing at that place where you held that mother 
who had lost her baby. And she's holding a little baby. And she's making an appeal to feed those who have need. And this baby doesn't have need. That baby's healthy because you helped save that baby's life. And you more than got that baby healthy. You got that baby real healthy. But it was the appeal coming from her where she saw a miracle. And she said to the world, we need to take care of the poor. And we do. Now, there's not a greater need in the world apart from knowing Christ, the water of life, to having clean, non-contaminated water. Contaminated water, unclean sources, the greatest challenge in the world to health. With your help and God's leadership and the missionaries and relief workers, we are committed to drill 500 wells. We need a miracle response. They're $4,800 each. That's the average. If you can drill one, I believe you will. You'll be answering a lot of mothers' heart cries and prayers just like that one. You'll be a miracle worker. If you can do it, do it. Whatever part you could give. 2,400, another join you, we got a well. 1,200, three join you, we got another. Most of the gifts come at $48. That's how most come. And that basically gives 10 people water the rest of their life. Could you do that? $144 is so simple. 30 people. Whatever you can do, we're asking you, please, go online, lifetoday.org, or dial that number, take your bank card, and use it like a check, and make the best gift you can. Would you do it? Please do it. We have some gifts for you, but you're giving the greatest gift. You're giving the gift of life. Please do it. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 15 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we would like to send you James Robison's book, God of All Creation. Through his personal observations of animals and wildlife, James shares heartwarming stories and spiritual lessons of God's love and grace. With your gift of $100 or more, be sure to request Majesty. This beautifully illustrated book teaches you the blessing and significance of the names of God, including Jehovah Rapha, your healer, and Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people, or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our beautiful new Majesty bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I know you'll do what you can. If you'd like to have Jen's book, it is in the bookstores, but you help us give someone water and you ask for it and we'll be more than happy to send it. But uh, I think you're going to want this. I think you'd be blessed by it. You agree? You want to say thanks to Jen? That she's a blessing. And Jen, we want to talk to you some more about some of what you put in the book. Will you do that? Come back to life today? This week. All right. Thank you for watching. Thanks for helping us share life.
from the HGTV show My Big Family Renovation, author, blogger, and speaker Jen Hatmaker explains her new book, For the Love, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.